Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. You're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at right now Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. What a difference a week makes. It turns out that uh, the... The scenes from the peaceful riots out in Portland and in Seattle are finally starting to have their effect. It's sort of a lagging indicator as people, uh, you know, uh, digest all this and, and come to terms with the fact that the Democrat Party has lost their ever-loving minds. Each and every one of these cities where these uh, these Democrat mayors and governors are turning a blind eye to all of this violence in the street are led their solid blue states with Democrat mayors of the cities. And, uh, and people are finally starting to realize this is the modern Democrat party. This might not be such a great idea to put these people in charge. And it's starting to show up in the polls. Now, uh, the latest Rasmussen poll shows Trump's approval rating at 51%. And as a matter of fact, even in the battleground and uh, popular vote polls, the president is surging and has taken the lead over Joe Biden. Trump polls at 48%. Biden is, uh, has fallen behind, coming in at 46%. Most importantly, though, as the president is leading Joe Biden, 48 to 43% in the swing states of Florida, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And you can't state strongly enough how important those numbers from Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin are. The problem is, of course, is Michigan's got a Democrat governor. Minnesota's got one. Pennsylvania's got one. And I think Wisconsin does as well. Each and every one of those states is busy trying to put together these uh, cheat-by-mail schemes. They're going to airdrop ballots they're going to blanket the state with them, and uh, and they're not going to start counting those ballots until Joe Biden has declared the winner. You know, this, uh, this current unrest and coronavirus panic has been going on for about four months. And the president has got to keep reminding people that uh, now that we're, you know, in this, uh, this recession, coronavirus recession, 
he has proven himself to be the most successful candidate in turning that around. Joe Biden, uh, even if he were in his heyday and and were uh, capable of governing, he doesn't have any track record that would lead you to believe that he is well-suited for that task whatsoever. The Obama-Biden administration uh, presided over the slowest uh, recovery from a recession in our nation's history. Usually it's, uh, you know, once you have a, a major downturn like we did after 2008, then you get to take uh, credit for some boffo numbers coming out of it because you've got the pent-up demand and, you know, you're starting from a lower uh, point. Biden can't claim that, but it was Trump that came in and turned this anemic recovery that Obama and Biden had presided over for eight years and turned it into the best economy that this nation has seen at least in the last 50 years and possibly ever. Lowest unemployment in all demographics, highest uh, stock market gains, and finally, and most importantly, we started seeing increases in wages after a 40-year stagnation and erosion of the middle class. But I think what's really having an effect on these numbers is, uh, you know, the, the so-called low information voters that don't pay close attention while all of this is st- uh, stuff is going on are starting to see what exactly is going on in these Democrat cities. They've been told if they just watch the network news that they're largely peaceful, <laughs> largely peaceful protests. Now they're, uh, you know, they're logging on to Facebook and Twitter and, uh, and Instagram and seeing the actual videos of what's going on out there. And it uh, is totally 180 degrees at odds with what they've been telling. But the president is still going to have uh, severe headwinds to overcome because of these, uh, these cheap by mail schemes. So he's going to have to win in such big numbers that the Democrats uh, won't be able to overcome it. There was a story in Breitbart today that the Democrat Party was wargaming. What would happen if this were a close election? They don't want to concede like Hillary did in 2016. They've got a swarm of lawyers standing by ready to run into these states and uh, and try to muddy up the waters. And then they're going to uh, try their best to throw this election to Nancy Pelosi's House of uh, Representatives. They're going to try to litigate, contest confuse, argue as much as they possibly can while at the same time declaring that Trump won't accept the results of the election. I've got a clip here. This is uh, Stephen Miller, presidential uh, advisor, key presidential advisor, former staffer for Jeff Sessions. And he's talking about these mail by uh, cheat by mail schemes. The president yesterday brought the whole nation's attention to the catastrophic problem of universal mail-in ballots. Nobody who mails in a ballot has their identity confirmed. Nobody checks to see if they're even a U.S. citizen. Think about that. Any, any foreign national, talk about foreign election interference, can mail in a ballot and nobody even verifies if they're a citizen of the United States of America. Now, this would be happening on a scale of potentially millions of people. In fact, in the Democrats' Heroes Act, the the bill that was supposed to be for coronavirus relief, 
they actually have a provision in there barring voter identification as part of any mail-in balloting. That is insane. It is insane, and it's a longtime tactic of the Democrat Party. Anytime a state tries to enact voter ID, they rush in with their lawyers and, and haul them into court and try to stop it. If you were conducting elections on the up and up, if you were confident that your candidate had the positions that uh, that would be a winning campaign, why would you want to deny uh, requiring people to have IDs in order to vote? The, watch what these people do, not what they say. Voter suppression, my ass. They're not. They're, uh, Republicans aren't trying to suppress their vote. They're trying to protect the sanctity of the ballot box. And that's what the Democrats are trying to characterize as voter suppression. I think this is a clip from NBC basically saying we won't know who wins until Joe Biden is leading. And folks need to wake up to the fact that we're probably, barring a blowout, are not going to know who won the election, election night or election morning. It's going to take time to process these votes. That leaves open a major window for chaos, uh, particularly if the president is the one stirring the pots. No, it's not the president's one stirring the pot. He's been trying to uh, counsel that uh, these mail-in ballots are a disaster, and that's why the Democrats are pushing it. And now they're wargaming out how they will handle a, a contested election. And the guy that they've got playing Joe Biden in this uh, war game is none other than John Podesta. Of course, you know him. He's the, the uh, campaign chairman for Hillary Clinton. And he urged her not to concede in 2016. So if he uh, has anything to say about it, he's not going to concede even if Joe Biden is losing and and that's exactly what he did in this war game. That kicked off in this war game, uh, a contested election that goes over to Nancy Pelosi and the House of Representatives, which, of course, they would like nothing better. If that does happen, uh, Nancy Pelosi will get to choose. Actually, she will be a, an interim president of the United States if um, January 20th rolls around in the the uh the Democrats are still mucking with this. And then uh, the House of Representatives will vote for the the next president. If they do that, I don't think it will be Joe Biden. <laughs> I don't think there's any way it'll be Joe Biden. It may be AOC for all we know. They, they may convene and say, you know, we need to turn the reins over to the next generation so they can uh, complete Obama's fundamental transformation of America. I don't think it would be AOC, but uh, it'll be, it'll be someone just as a uh, lunatic. I don't think it would be Joe Biden. They don't even believe that Joe Biden's going to be, you know, president for four years. While we're speaking about the house of representatives, it's uh, very interesting to watch what's going on up there. Nancy Pelosi is determined to, uh, to uh, print more trillions of dollars and uh, and direct them to Democrat constituencies. She's up there now. That that clip with uh, Stephen Miller pointed out that in the last stimulus package, they tried to um, put into law that you're not required or you're not allowed to check voter ID to uh, or IDs in order to vote. And in this one, she's got. Hundreds of millions of dollars going to the cannabis industry. That's right. 
I think it was uh, Joe Biden in one of the debates actually said that they're going to, was it Joe Biden? It may have been, it may have been Kamala Harris saying that, you know, they're, they're going to replace a lot of these jobs that are being lost by making sure that uh, the their black voters uh, had uh, protected territory as far as the uh, the sale and distribution of marijuana, and now she's uh, she's putting pot into this next round of stimulus. There's some things in your bill that's not directly related to COVID, like they're talking about cannabis or the salt reduction. Are those things that you're willing to also strip out of the bill? Well, I don't agree with you that cannabis is not related to this. This is a a therapy. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's going to put millions and millions of dollars into this stimulus and direct it toward the cannabis industry. So that I guess it can soothe everybody's jangled nerves after they uh, refuse to accept a defeat in the upcoming election. You know, uh, you wonder uh, who is going to stand in the breach if, in fact, Joe Biden has declared the next president. He may not believe in this these far left programs that the Democrat party is pushing, although you wouldn't know it to hear him speak of it. I mean, if if that is the case, he's, he's, um, not saying so out loud. He's promising to defund the police. They're just every, every time you say that, uh, Joe Biden is on with defund the police. They say, no, no, he just said redirect. He just said redirect police funding to other programs. (laughs) That was great. Um, one of the guests on Fox uh, was talking to John Roberts and said, well, I get, I, I tell you what, you let me take your paycheck and redirect it to my account. And you tell me if you have been defunded or not, but, uh, this is going to be an election about law and order. It's going to be a, an election about who can uh, bring the economy back after, after this, um, engineered, I would argue collapse. Victor Davis Hanson was appearing on with Tucker Carlson, and he said that uh, Trump is, by virtue of uh, his track record, the uh, able to don the mantle of the law and order president and the one protecting our um, our institutions. I uh, I think the point is they don't have confidence in their message that will resonate with 51% of the population. At least they seem that way, so they want to change the system rather than work within the system that won't yield the result that they demand. And I think Donald Trump is frustrated, but I think you're quite right, Tucker. He is the enforcer of traditions and protocols that have gone back to the 19th century. That we always have the first Tuesday after the first of November, and that's what we did it. In the, we did it in the Civil War. We did it in World War One. We did it in World War Two. He has been the victim of weaponization of the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ, the distortion of the Twenty Fifth Amendment. He's been a victim of trying to erode the institution of impeachment to politicize it in a way we hadn't seen before. So he has to strike back and say, I'm not going to pack the court. I'm not going to destroy the Electoral College. That's what you want to do. You want to let 16-year-olds vote. You want to let felons vote. But in this next 90 days, I'm going to get task forces to make sure the postal service is swift, efficient, and with balloting. I'm going to get more polling stations available so we can social distance. We're going to accommodate these crises of virus, 
lockdown, rioting, recession. We can do it. And that's and he's he doesn't need to do it. That's what's the ironic, because there's about seven or eight unknown known unknowns, Tucker, from now until Election Day. We don't know the waxing and waning of the virus. We don't know whether the lockdown will be porous. We don't know the status of the economy. We don't know the effect of all of this lawless anarchy and chaos on the so-called silent voter. We don't know what John Durham is going to do. We don't know what the vice president's selection of Joe Biden will will portend. We don't know what Joe Biden will do if he actually has to go out and perform like a regular candidate. I have a sneaking suspicion that those are tailwinds for Donald Trump, that he doesn't need to alter the system because that's the natural role for the Republican Party in general and for him in particular. He's been a victim of people who try to distort these constitutional frameworks, and he's got to remind everybody that he's the protector and the guarantor of them. The, the the presidential campaign still hasn't ramped up in earnest. Of course, if this were 2016, Donald Trump would have uh, been all over the country holding these Bafo rallies with these huge crowds showing up. Uh, he hasn't been able to do that in this era. Uh, they're blaming the death of Herman Cain on his Tulsa rally. Um. Over on CNN, if you ever watch uh, Smirkanish, he's another one of these uh, talk show hosts that started in Atlanta. He does, he does a pretty good job uh, compared to everything else that go out, goes on CNN. He is a, a voice of sanity. But he had on uh, Joe Lockhart, who was uh, one of the, I think he was uh, Bill Clinton's chief of staff, bit high up in his, his campaigns as well. He was an advisor for Hillary Clinton. And he is urging that uh, the last thing that Joe Biden wants to do is step on a debate stage with Donald Trump. We're just 59 days away from the first presidential debate between President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. But for weeks, some political experts have been raising the question, would Biden be better off skipping the debates? Uh, Former Clinton White House Press Secretary Joe Lockhart wrote an op-ed for CNN.com titled, Joe Biden Could Still Lose This Election. And as I read it, I was struck by this provocative paragraph, quote, whatever you do, don't debate Trump. Trump has now made more than 20,000 misleading or false statements, uh-huh. according to The Washington Post. According to the Washington it's a Post. fool's errand to enter the ring. <laughs> well, let me stop right there. The Washington Post has got a fact check department. The Washington Post, who, who pumped up this, uh, this bogus Russia hoax for three years to the American people trying to delegitimize the Trump presidency. And they got Pulitzer Prizes for it. I watched the movie last night on on the New York Times and their um their the lies they told during the rise of the Soviet Union. They were big uh Vladimir Lenin boosters. And uh they had a guy Durante that was reporting and covered up all of the millions of people that were being killed in the uh, uh the cultural revolution over there. What they've done with this Russia hoax is it hasn't caused as much death, obviously, but it's just as big a lie. And once again, just like Durante did, these uh, these papers have been receiving Pulitzer prizes for their false coverage. I I don't think they ever rescinded Durante's dishonest pro-communist coverage back there in the the forties and the early fifties. So I guess they wouldn't uh, revoke these. 
they've they've got Pulitzer Prizes down there that have been attributed to a provable lie, both at the Washington Post and the New York Times. But the idea that the Washington Post would be checking facts on anybody is absurd. I'm going to go back to this clip. This is uh, Smirconish talking about Joe Lockhart's uh, urging Joe Biden, you do not want to debate made more than 20,000 misleading or false statements according to the Washington Post. It's a fool's errand to enter the ring with someone who can't follow the rules or the truth. Biden will undoubtedly take heat from Republicans and the media for skipping the debates, but it's worth the risk as trying to debate someone incapable of telling the truth is an impossible contest to win. Well, the Democrat Party has become a party uh, almost entirely based on mythologies, the Russia hoax, climate change, uh, the Black Lives Matter mythology, almost all of their the cornerstones of their party are based on actual mythologies. So, you know, Donald Trump comes up there and calls BS on it, and they say, oh, Donald Trump's not telling the truth. If you have thyroid eye disease and the bags under your eyes are looking more like purses, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a great idea for Joe Biden to step on a debate stage. Uh, like like Joe Bi- or like uh, Lockhart says, the risk is going to be too great. Joining me now to discuss his piece is CNN political analyst Joe Lockhart. Joe, if the president is watching this right now, I I could see him rubbing his hands together and saying, oh, my God, that would be perfect, because then I, of course, get to say he's afraid to get on the stage with me. It has to do with his cognitive abilities. You think? Yeah, well, he will say that. And and I think, uh, as I wrote in the article, it's worth the risk. you know, he's. This is a president who, as I said in the article, well, let's stop there and just to analyze that. So he thinks it would be better to refuse to debate and be called a chicken and unable to debate, and the American people would start wondering, well, if if he's not able to debate, how is he going to lead? Joe Lockhart's uh, point is that it's better that than uh, put him up there and allow himself to uh, to make a fool of himself on national TV. ...is incapable of telling the truth. He spins these conspiracy uh, theories out there and up... <laughs> the Democrats accusing people of spinning conspiracy theories. <laughs> That's funny. We're going to listen to a little bit more of what he has to say. Till now, most of those theories are uh, broadcast by Fox News and, you know, on his Twitter feed. And, you know, most Americans don't see that. The debates are very different. This is the one thing, you know, now that we're not really going to have conventions where the public will tune in, you know, uh, you know, 50, 60 million people. Yep. That's exactly why Joe Lockhart doesn't want him to step on the debate stage, because a lot of these lies that the Democrats would be have been telling are going to be called out and Donald Trump will be able to tick off a list of the media hoaxes that the Democrats have put together. Uh, Obama's chief of staff, Valerie Jarrett, who is a, a leading um, Marxist herself. She comes uh, along with Obama from right there in, um, in Chicago, the hotbed of communism in this country. 
I don't know why, but she went on with Maria Bartiromo over the weekend and started uh, started trying to spin up her lies regarding the Russia hoax. Obama direct any of this. That's not how it works. That's not how our investigations work. That we leave that. I should have set that up better. Uh, Maria's asking Valerie Jarrett, uh, what uh, what role did Barack Obama and Joe Biden have in the uh, the the Russia hoax and the persecution of Michael Flynn. That's not how it works. That's not how our investigations work. But we leave that to the intelligence community to bring forward information. And and, and the dossier the bullshit. would be one piece of a much bigger puzzle. And so if you're saying, is it important to make sure that there isn't influence? And actually, the Mueller report didn't conclude that there wasn't any wrongdoing. In fact, he was explicit in saying quite the opposite. And so I don't think Why? we should read in where there might have been actually any conclusions to that effect yet. You're making statements that actually just, haven't been Just to be clear. Just to be clear. Robert Mueller said no collusion. Michael Horowitz, the IG uh, of the FBI, said that the dossier was, quote, unquote, an essential piece of all of this investigating. Of the It wasn't an essential piece. It was the whole piece. And we know now that the, the behind the scene or the behind the closed door testimony has been re- uh, released. It was all a fiction. We got to run out to a break. We'll take a look at more of this and catch up on the Corona Bologna right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, Keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, the hurricane season got out to an early start, and it was kind of a fizzle down here on the Atlantic coast of Florida, where Isa Isis was headed up uh, through the through Puerto Rico and the Bahamas, it uh, it hit the Leeward Islands pretty hard, and uh, and the local media was well, not just the local media, the national media was melting down. We had Jim Crentori right here on the beach in Vero, uh, you know, uh, looking for his uh, setting up his sites to hold on to 
telephone poles and uh, and get these dramatic images. Isa Isa sort of petered out uh, before it got to the peninsula, though, and uh, thankfully steered out to sea. So I got to put up all of the hurricane shutters on, on my house and the rental properties uh, for nothing, but I guess better safe than sorry. We were out on the on the marshes this morning, and uh, they had gotten quite a bit of rain, and so the water had cooled off, which uh, brought the gators to the top, and they were uh, they were feeling kind of frisky this morning. It's good to see. Uh, we got uh, visitors in from Louisiana, so they wanted to go. <laughs> we had visitors in from Louisiana, so they wanted to go see gators, if you can imagine that. When we went out to a break, we were covering, for some reason, Valerie Jarrett went on with Maria Bartiromo and tried to spin the lie that the Russia hoax uh, had not been disproven. You know, and she's basing it largely on the Mueller report. Well, the Mueller report turned a complete blind eye to the dossier, which was the uh, the cornerstone, the foundation of the entire Russia hoax. And of course, we know now that it was Oppo research paid for by Hillary Clinton, conducted by a foreign national who was uh, using a, a a Russian analyst over there at the Brookings Institution to go out and have beers with his uh, network of Russian friends, not in Russia, right here in the United States, and spin up a bunch of um, fiction, a bunch of just making up stories and putting it in this dossier and getting paid big money for it. You know, they said, well, hell, if you come up with a good story, we'll pay you. If you come up with a good story, we'll pay you. All of this was revealed over a year ago in, in a closed testimony at these intelligence committees. Adam Schiff was coming out of those meetings and going on Sunday news shows, continuing to spin up this lie. I'm going to go back into this clip. This is, um, uh, well, first it's going to be Maria, uh, going back at Valerie Jarrett. And then we're going to hear Senator Ron Johnson, what he has to say about it. Trump campaign essential piece was the word Michael Horowitz used. So you say it was part of a larger, uh, mosaic. We have no evidence of that. Senator, this is the first time we've heard from the Obama administration. She said it doesn't work that way. Well, you'll notice she didn't answer your question. Uh, She just talked about in general what the process should be. That's not the process they followed. It is very clear that there was corruption at the highest levels of certainly the FBI. We we have evidence of it. Uh, I'm looking forward to John Durham wrapping up his uh, his investigation. I, I personally believe that the intelligence committee was involved in this thing. You know, their, their initial goal was to exonerate Hillary Clinton when, when, you know, so that she could win election. When, when she lost the election, the, their goal shifted to, first, first and foremost, I think, sabotaging the Trump administration, which they've done a pretty good job of. Also, I think initiating this diversionary operation, the, the smoke screen to cover up their wrongdoing, the fact that they, 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 they use all the awesome powers of their agencies to investigate their political opponents. They weren't investigating their political opponents. They were spying on the Trump campaign. I get so sick of people saying, well, they spied on Carter Page. Carter Page was just the camel's nose in the tent. They, they spied on everybody that Carter Page talked to on the phone, sent an email with or a text message Going back to the beginning of the campaign, 
And this is the key, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. You probably already know this, but I have to continue to beat this drum because apparently the mainstream media can't get it through their thick heads. Every single person that Carter Page communicated with, this two-hop rule allows this FISA warrant to listen to all of their phone calls, text messages, and emails too, going back and forward. So this was a giant surveillance campaign where the Obama administration, and don't tell me that Obama didn't know about this. You're telling me that the head of the FBI and the head of the CIA sent undercover operatives into the Trump campaign and didn't tell Barack Obama about that? Please. You know damn good and well they did. It's one of the reasons they're so determined to steal this election and, and engage in this cheat by mail schemes is because Durham is just now getting to the point where he's going to start delivering indictments if it become it comes before the election at all. And the Democrats are desperate to get in there and shut all that down. Uh, where should we go from here? Where should we go from here? Let's, let's talk about the Corona panic, the Wuhan flu, the Wu flu. The president uh, has uh, foolishly allowed himself to be bamboozled into following Dr. Fauci's recommendations. He said, oh, we got to have testing, testing, testing. We need more testing. There's no indication that testing would, would do any good. If you test negative on one day, you're liable to become positive the next day. And we know that uh, just with the exception of a very easily defined group, uh, very, very little, the virus poses very little risk to most people. If you've got an, a, a, a compromised immune system or you're elderly, I, the CDC just came out with numbers. The average age of somebody of, of a COVID virus death is 78 years old. So if that's the average, you can imagine how many of this so-called 150,000 they're citing are seriously elder, elderly people who, you know, would not have done well with, with, a, with a flu either. And we know, of course, that uh, the mortality rates now, as the testing is uh, identifying all of these cases, the mortality rate is, is down uh, comparable to that of a seasonal flu. But, you know, just like he did with the testing, the, the president has ramped up this uh, development of a, a vaccine, the warp speed pro, uh, program. He's pushed out another $2.1 billion to a couple of other uh, pharmaceutical companies that are developing a vaccine. And, uh, and here is a clip of Bill Gates, the number one proponent of vaccinating everybody in the world. I'd like you to send me an email and let me know if you're going to take this vaccine and what your thoughts are on uh, this vaccine, but Bill Gates, you know, he's got all sorts of schemes on, uh, embedding that everybody says it's a chip. It's not actually a chip. It's some sort of ink, like a, a an invisible tattoo that they're going to put on you that has your vaccination record. And you're going to be required to have taken that vaccine. According to Bill Gates, if he gets his way, 
in order to travel, in order to work, I suppose, in order to attend uh, any any big event like a like a sporting event. Although I'm not sure how many people are going to continue to spend uh, 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 attend these sporting events, with the exception probably of hockey. But here is Bill Gates saying, uh, we've got to have vaccines. Come on, clip. Having a little bit of technical difficulty. And what about that trade-off? You just mentioned, obviously, the economic pain. What do you think the right balance is between the trade-off of protecting people's lives and the economic hit? I mean, do you see a situation where the global economy could be virtually at a standstill for a year or even more? Well... It won't go to zero, but it will shrink. Global GDP is going to take, uh, you know, probably the biggest hit ever. You know, maybe the Depression was worse or 1873. I don't know. You but think? in my lifetime, there, this will be the greatest economic hit. But you don't have a choice. People act like you have a choice. People don't feel like going to the stadium uh, when they might get infected. You know, it, it's not the government who's saying, okay, just ignore this disease. And, you know, people are deeply affected by seeing these deaths, by knowing they could be part of the transmission chain. And, you know, old people, uh, their parents, their grandparents could be affected by this. And so you don't, you know, you don't get to say, uh, ignore uh, what's going on here. There, are, there will be. Now, let me just say that if you shield uh, the the risk groups and you lock them indoors as, as hard as that is to take and you just let the virus run its course, yes, there will be uh, some anomalies. There will be some people die, just as in any communicable disease. But uh, we will have put ourselves on the same path that Sweden is now on, able to recover and bring you know, uh, the old folks and the immunocompromised back out because they have achieved the so-called herd immunity, nature's vaccine. But there, of course, is not billions and billions of dollars to be made on that, and there's not an election to be won, so we can't have that. Back to Bill Gates. Here, there there will be the ability, particularly in rich countries, to open up if things are done well over the next few months. But for the world at large... Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. We've got to vaccinate the entire global population. And keep in mind when he's saying this, he's not saying we just need to vaccinate them. We need to tattoo them, too, so that we uh, we can identify them. Bill Gates has uh, been on this this program for over a decade and funds these uh, world vaccination uh, programs to the tune of tens of billions of dollars. And this is coming from the guy that uh, really started up his interest in this, determined to reduce the global population. That's what his, um, his whole campaign is based on. He's telling us, along with his wife, Melinda, that in fact, the vaccine will lead to population control. Because people will be less likely to have huge families. I don't know if that's true. But it's not the best idea to have a a big proponent of population control 
in charge of vaccinating the whole world. I'm pretty sure of that. You know, Dr. Fauci, close um, associate of Bill Gates, he's on the board of many of these uh, Gates-funded companies. Um, He used a, a report that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, which was supposed to be the preeminent medical journal in this country, that, um, you know, condemned hydroxychloroquine and the azithromycin. That report now has been thoroughly debunked. The underlying data was not solid. But just like the New York Times and the Washington Post, the New England Journal has not and will not apparently publish an update or a retraction. You know, the Lancet was the last uh, big publication that got caught out on this. They're the medical journal for the United Kingdom and they were, uh, they were caught uh, publishing one of these bogus reports on hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. And in fact, the world health organization used that Lancet report to stop uh, testing hydroxychloroquine. It was just about three weeks after the Lancet published that, 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 that article two collapsed because the underlying data was, uh, was bogus. The Lancet, too, never published a retraction or a correction, and the World Health Organization never resumed testing of hydroxychloroquine after they shut it down. And, of course, uh, I've got a clip here. This is uh, Fauci uh, talking with the, the superstar of the, of the Republican Party now, Jim Jordan. He's, uh, he's on all of these important committees uh, leading the charge for the Republicans. And he asked Fauci a very simple question. Should we stop allowing these huge demonstrations, these Black Lives Matter demonstrations, at the same time we're shutting down uh, everybody else and keeping our schools closed? The chair now recognizes for five minutes Mr. Jordan. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Dr. Fauci, do protests increase the spread of the virus? Do protests increase the spread of the virus? Uh, I think I can make a general statement. Well, half a million protesters on June 6th alone. Yeah. I'm just asking that number of no. people. Does yeah. it increase the spread of the virus? Crow- crowding together, particularly when you're not wearing a mask, contributes to the spread of the virus. Should we limit the protesting? I, I'm- That's a pretty simple question. Should we limit the protesting? Democrat governors are turning a blind eye to these protests. They haven't uh, issued any stay-at-home orders for the protesters and hell and in New York City, Bill de Blasio says we have to make an exception for that. So it's a fair question, Dr. Fauci. Why are we shutting down attendance to you know people's funerals? Why are we shutting down political campaigns? But at the same time, we're allowing all of these uh, mass protests in the streets. Can't you answer that? It's to the spread of the virus. Should we limit the protesting? I'm not sure what you mean should, how do we say limit the protesting? Should government limit the protesting? I I don't think that's relevant to... Well, you just said if it increases the spread of the virus, I'm just asking should we limit it? 
Well, I'm, I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. Well, you make all kinds of recommendations. You, no. you make comments on dating, on baseball, and everything no. you can imagine. I'm just asking you, you just said it, yeah. that protests increased the spread. No. I'm just asking you, should we try to limit the protests? No, I think I would leave that to people who have more of an, a, a position to do that. I can tell you. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Last week in the Calvary Chapel case, five liberals on the Supreme Court said it was okay for Nevada <laughs> to limit church services. Governor, I, I mean, Justice Gorsuch said it best. He said that's that. unbelievable when you think about it. The United States Supreme Court said that states can keep people from going to church. It's the First Amendment, damn it. The very First Amendment, the people's right to worship shall not be infringed. Now, if that comes in conflict with lockdowns, uh, I guess it's a balancing act. I guess they. You know, no right is absolute. But at the same time, the people that are shutting down church services allow you to go to the liquor store, allow you to go uh, get an abortion. And, and if you want to raise hell in the streets, you can do that, too. There's no there's no world in which the Constitution permits Nevada to favor Caesar's palace over Calvary Chapel. I'm just asking, is there a world where the Constitution says you can favor one First Amendment liberty protesting right. over another practicing your faith? I'm not favoring anybody over anybody. I'm just making a statement that's a broad statement that avoid crowds of any type, no matter where you are, because that leads to the acquisition and transmission. And I don't judge one crowd versus another crowd. When you're in a crowd, particularly if you're not wearing a mask, that induces it's just, it's the a simple, It's a simple question, doctor. Should we limit the protest? Government is obviously yeah. lim limiting people. Yeah. Going to and, and look... I'm there's not been gonna, no there's been no violence that I I yeah. can see at church. I haven't seen people yeah. during a church service go out and and harm police officers right. or burn buildings. But we know that I mean for 63 days, right. nine weeks, it's been happening in Portland. Right. Yeah. Well, one night in Chicago, 49 officers were injured. But no limit to no limit to protests. But boy, you can't go to church on Sunday. What was the? Uh, uh, I don't know how many times I can answer that. I'm he not, hadn't answered. You. That's the point. You don't want to answer it. This is the same guy that condemned uh, church services or or attendance at baseball games, but he dare not say anything about the sacrosanct riots last uh, last night. No, it was Saturday night. He had thousands of these leftists marching down the street in Chicago, shoulder to shoulder. No justice, no peace. Defund the police. Fauci can't rouse himself up to, to say, uh, no, uh, the government uh, should not be allowing uh, these mass demonstrations. Let's see what this sounds like. Well, I guess that's better than their former chance. Uh, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. And what do you want? Dead cops. When do you want it now? That's what they used to chant. Maybe they've got a, a a better public relations guy at this point. When you look at this crowd, it's all white people. What what happened to the black participants in these Black Lives Matter uh, protests? <laughs> I think they're seeing what it, uh, it for what it is is just a you know it's become a Marxist um, rallying cry and. Black people, by and large, by huge majorities that match 
you know, majorities of, of white and other groups, uh, they think defunding the police is a boneheaded idea by about 75 to 25. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. So I think it was over the weekend, may have been Friday, they, uh, they laid John Lewis to rest and had a big Bafo church service there at Ebenezer Baptist Church, uh, the, the pulpit that Martin Luther King used to preach from in uh, Atlanta, my old hometown. And at the same time, they're telling everybody else, all the little people, you're not allowed to have funerals uh, attended by more than 10 people. They had a huge turnout there at Ebenezer Baptist Church in order to say farewell to John Lewis. It's uh, very in keeping with the Marxist, uh, you know, practice that the rules don't apply to the, uh, the people that make the rules. They were all shoulder to shoulder right there in the church. You remember when the, the pastor in that church in Greenwood, Mississippi tried to have a service in the parking lot, the Democrat mayor of Greenwood had it shut down and had, uh, had um, arrest warrants issued for the pastor. And then the local leftists burned that church to the ground saying, do not disobey the, the, uh, the lockdowns. Well, now the mayor of the district of Columbia has said that all of the people that attended to that service in Atlanta are going to be exempt for her from her 14 day quarantine. She's got a quarantine that if you travel to various states, including Georgia and Florida, that once you return, you have to stay indoors for 14 days. But that doesn't apply to them either. They can have big funerals. They can exempt themselves from the quarantine. And as a matter of fact, that same mayor of D.C. has, has exempted the, uh, the public uh, employees from having to wear masks. But the chosen one, Barack Obama, he addressed the, uh, the crowd at Ebenezer and, um, he stood right there in Martin Luther King's pulpit. And you got to keep in mind, Martin Luther King was a big proponent of nonviolent social change. And Obama said this, George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. 
Uh, telling a lie, a, a, a provable lie, an obvious lie, a purposeful lie, right there from the pulpit, characterizing these demonstrations that are going on as peaceful. They are anything but peaceful, and everybody knows it. But I suppose this is the new form of politics where you tell people what they want to hear, and then they're, you, you, you count on them to ignore the reality. Here's a little bit of the actual reality as described by Andy No. He is uh, he is that reporter, a brave, courageous reporter from the Pacific Northwest that has documented all of this Antifa violence. So day after day now, for for more than two months, we're having people carry out daily violent protests, and it's been getting worse in that the the weapons have been. Um, and they're moving now to to potentially kill and maim federal officers. So a lot of the weapons are intentionally designed to look innocuous, things like water balloons or water bottles or laser sticks. These lasers are unregulated and they buy them through eBay or from China or other websites. And they're very high powered in that they're meant to actually blind and damage the eyes. I, I've had them directed at me in the course of my undercover work. Uh, you can't see anything when there's direct, when one is directed at you, much less a dozen of them. And the water balloons are filled with things such as paint. It's used to blind uh, police and then may remove a helmet or they can't see. And then if they remove a helmet, then somebody else will launch a ball bearing from a slingshot at them. Uh, this week, there was a, uh, some type of IED that was done at the front of the Portland Federal Courthouse and the explosion could actually be heard from blocks away. You know, the only uh, saving grace of all of this is you hope now, there's enough video of these these protests. All of these cities now have uh, extensive surveillance cameras all over them that these people can be identified. And the people that have conducted assaults on federal law enforcement and, and pointing one of those lasers at their eyes is most definitely an assault. Or any of these other assaults that they're conducting, they'll, they'll be uh, find themselves at some point in a federal prison. If I had my way i would uh, i would authorize the federal law enforcement to go out and crack some heads that hasn't happened and that's part of the reason that these uh these skinny pimple-faced hipsters feel so emboldened to engage in this sort of activity and it's not just the federal officers that are that are uh, being assaulted by these anti-for black lives matter protesters here's a clip from a black trump supporter who was stabbed uh, at the uh, the riots in Portland. And so I remember getting up after I hit the ground from falling and looking at him specifically, and I saw the knife that he had in his hands, and it was it looked like it appeared to be about seven inches. And so I just remember thinking I had to keep pressure on my wound and try to get somewhere safe. One of my guys that I was with stepped in between us, and he told the guy that I was with, do you want to get shanked next to? Do you want to get shanked next to? That's, uh, that's a kind of... Uh behavior you learn in prison and uh and hopefully that guy that conducted that uh, assault i don't think he's been arrested yet but uh, maybe maybe at some point he will be nbc news which has come out as sort of an orwellian uh, propaganda outlet was claiming today that the the Riots in Portland have turned peaceful because the feds have scaled back their presence. Well, first, the feds have not scaled back their presence. 
the Oregon State Police have taken to the streets and trying to keep the the rioters away from the federal courthouse. Last night, they went into the uh, residential neighborhoods in the area and started wrecking people's private residences with with families inside. NBC News, their headline is, Portland is peaceful after feds scale back. What a crap. What a bunch of it. That takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC.